Hello everyone, welcome to episode 82 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Did you notice I did a little bit of an enunciation shift? Where I, I think I yeah. said it a little bit differently than I usually do. What came to mind is I saw a clip recently of Foo Fighters of Dave Grawl talking about, my gosh, now I won't be able to think of the actor's name. He's on Saturday Night Live. He's the one who says uh, more cowbell. Um, Will Ferrell? No, no, no. The Chris, um, oh. the one who'd like tease him up, like what we need here is more cowbell. So he did the introduction of the Foo Fighters for Saturday Night Live. And he went to them and he said... Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. He said, where's the enunciation? Is it on the foo or on the fighters? <laughs> and so we'll have to tee up the clip. But it's so... Foo? Dave Grawl does this incredible, incredible um, imitation of Christopher Walken. Foo fighters. So I, I tried something a little bit different. We're a Gen Xer and a millennial. You know, I'm very much... I'm very, very sensitive mm -hmm. to sound yeah. and to voice... And so every once in a while, when I listen back to this, as you know that I do, mm -hmm. I think mm, we should change up your intro. Um, all I kept thinking was you actually made it through the intro without pausing or stopping or making comments. I thought that's what you were going to talk about. Well, I had a day already with the Facebook Live interruptions test. So I'm just trying to barrel through most everything before someone starts knocking at my door. And um, repeatedly knocking at my door, yeah. even though I said, just a minute. Just a minute. We are, second, thankfully, we are thankfully in a context where I could pause if that happened. So. That's, you know, <laughs> and I probably could have figured out how to pause Facebook Live. Probably not. But what I was thinking later is I watched, I watched three times and I, that's the hardest I've laughed in a while. <laughs> but I was thinking, just step away, Allison. Just step away and go to the door and say, sorry, I can't talk right now. Just step away. No, I just barrel through. Just barrel through. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's great. <laughs> so today we're going to have a shorter episode, a more mm -hmm. fun episode. Do we want to talk at all about what happened last time? We could a little bit. I feel like that would not be a very short episode though then. But no, I just think we... it's good for us to know ourselves mm -hmm. and know where we're willing to say, hey, that wasn't great. So yeah. let's regroup. Yeah. Yeah. So we recorded, this is the second rendition of week 82. Uh, we recorded a first rendition several weeks ago on schedule when we normally would put out an episode. You usually try to do one every couple of weeks and, um, we were all set and ready to publish it. And, um, you asked me very hard questions that I was not very prepared for. And well, you prepared me fine. You sent them to me in the morning. And so I had time, but I was in back-to-back -back meetings. But those are the type of questions that I like to sit with for a while. Um, and so I didn't quite feel confident. And then you, your facial reaction and your nonverbals were signaling that you did not believe or you perceived my questions as different than what you thought the answers actually ought to be. And so then that made me self-conscious my individualization and then my relator who knows you and knows what your nonverbal signals mean was like okay clearly it didn't answer that correctly even though you know it was a question about me so there really isn't a right and wrong answer but um but yeah I think it was it was very challenging and um I was very emotional as a result and I just did not feel very comfortable 
with sharing that, knowing, you know, these, these times, our times, these recordings feel so intimate, like we're talking, like we're good friends, which I love and is part of the magic of this, right? Is this really is just conversations with us. But then I also go on to publish episodes and I see the analytics of literally thousands and thousands of people who have listened to us. I know, right? That's the thing. And so I was like, okay, I, I have higher relator and so vulnerability is hard in general for me. Um, but I feel like you've given me and our listeners have responded in such a positive way that it's given me courage to share a lot more about myself in this space. This has become a safe space. Um, not So not that it wasn't a safe space in that episode. It just, I feel like, was a little further than I was comfortable sharing with the thousands and thousands of people who listened to us. And so um, I, you made me, you forced me listen, to listen to it, which I normally don't. Um, you asked me to listen to one other episode, I think, and then early on I would listen for sound stuff just because I was nervous about what the sound was like, but it wasn't actually listening to the content. It was listening to the background noise and clips and things like that. So yeah, it was one of the first time, and I actually, I'll tell you, I didn't listen to the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your honesty. I do want to tell you that since then, and I do, I try to do a lot of reflection, but I think that I'm very fortunate to have mirrors in my life. People who will say to me, this is how you project. And that was a moment in which I realized how I project with my facial reactions. Um, It's definitely Mm -hmm. a blend of my communication empathy, but it is a problem sometimes Mm -hmm. because, and I, I talked with my kids about it when I was home. I was able to say, you know, I don't realize how much I respond with my face until I, do a Facebook live with Deepak and I'm practically crying or Deb Eikhoff and you can see me like trying to keep my face together. But then also Mm -hmm. I show disappointment and I show confusion and I show a lot of things that feel like Mm -hmm. judgment. Hmm. And I have been very much reflecting on that, um, really reflecting on my responsibility for how I show up and how it may cause other people to act So you mirrored back to me that the way I was responding, Mm -hmm. even, and and sincerely, Tess, this was important for me. Okay. As as much as I think that it's just a natural thing and people, um, you know, like Haley, my mentee, tells me all the time, you got to work on your face. You're reacting. (laughs) My kids have told me that. Mm -hmm. But I understood that it made you feel in judgment. And I had a really difficult... um, situation with a friend recently where I had to really reflect on my judgment of them mm-hmm. and their choices and how just kind of petulant, immature, mm-hmm. mean, crabby I can be too. Mm-hmm. So, and it wasn't, I'm not saying that that's what you were saying I was doing, but I was mm-hmm. reacting with my face and it made you feel like you weren't getting it right. Yeah. It made me feel like I was answering questions about myself wrong. And I know that we write self-awareness is the most underrated, um, you know, is, is such an underrated um, virtue that we have. And I love that we always endeavor to do that. But I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm fairly self-informed. And so more than most people. And so I was and answering how, these. And, so yeah. wrong of me. So wrong of me. Truly. It was so wrong of me to not allow you to answer for you. Hmm. And so in this, so the timing of this was just really interesting because then in the week after when I was coming home and having this conversation with a friend of mine, 
he basically called out, you know, you're not always who you say you are. Hmm. And that's, that's great that you're all about all these things, but is that really what you practice with everybody? Because my value, my purpose, my why is that I want for people to know and own their best, most authentic self. Yeah. I wasn't allowing you to do that because <laughs> I, I was reacting to like, damn Tess, you're amazing. Okay. That's what I was trying that, to get out okay, of you. Okay. So that's the thing. Okay. So I'm going to interrupt you because I think even this, like you are perceiving that you, that I perceive that you were judging me and I knew you were pushing me, which is actually a testament to the trust that we have. And I was just in and am currently in a big place of change and shifting and like more stress than I've had a lot in my life, like right now. And so it was the pushing that I love and that I need and the ways that I push other people. But receiving that in that specific space and time where I was emotionally was too much for me. And but I loved it because I knew that you were pushing me to name things that were how I was a badass and how like all of the questions that they were that I don't know that I would have said in like a full way that was actually badassery, right? So questions like that, that was like, I know that you were pushing me and I know it was from a place of intent of saying, okay, test name how great you are, right? And I just, you were just pushing me to do that. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because I don't feel really great right now. And I'm under stress and I don't feel like I'm performing well in any area of my life right now. And so it was just like the context plus the way that you were pushing me. But even in the end, you were like, that was a coaching session like you coached us. And I'm like, I know, I'm well aware that you pushed me the way that I love to push others. And I think the fact that we're here talking about this is a testament of the trust that we do have, right? Because you can do that. I can react in a very not positive emotional way and say, what what bleep bleep was that, Allie? <laughs> Why did you ask me those questions and push me in that way? And we can sit here and we can laugh about it, you know, and continue well, to most, work together. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful part I thought is that we gave we gave space to say we don't have to publish that. Mm-hmm. And the, I feel like the dialogue that we had about that decision, yeah, was one of the one of the best in the trust building relationship that we mm-hmm. had or the trust established relationship that we have. Yep. That was one of the best because you, you, you were like, tell me, t- <laughs> tell me what to do. And I was like, no, I won't. And I, it was such a growth place for me because before I would have said, you know what, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, let's look at this. Like we get to decide we have choice in this. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to put things out that mm-hmm. we don't want to. And I tried to trick you into responding. I know. Or, you like, did. if it I, if you well were, <laughs> you almost did it too. You were just I was close. And then I, I bro- my face broke and you knew. <laughs> it was a trick. I'm completely capable of being manipulated. But what I do think I know. is that, that it was lovely for me because I thought, wow, you don't realize how much even your facial reactions affect others. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I always want to create warmth and light. And sometimes even without intention, I don't. Mm-hmm. And it was good for me to see that. And it was good for me. It's always good for me to have mirrors in my life. I have a few that are really like wow mirrors. Like they just hold the mirror up and I think, damn, I have to see that. Mm-hmm. But we, what was great about that conversation, we did use a question about how are you a badass? And I love I love asking that people question. that question. Mm-hmm. On my flight to um, back home, 
I sat next to a 4.5 year old. That's how he described himself. His name is Corey. He's 4.5. And 4.5 year old Corey said to me, and this is a blog post that's coming, by the way, for, for those of you who are so, so gracious in reading my, my personal blog. Corey was absolutely what I needed before I arrived home. So I'm seated next to him and his dad. I go to get on the plane and, you know, you've got your boarding pass on your phone and I go to scan it and they're like, Meh. and I, I said, sorry. And she said, oh, you're going to have to step over here. We don't have you listed on this flight. And I'm like, well, you could clearly see my boarding pass. You know, I'm already becoming one of those people because this is a flight where I've got to get home. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of doing this. <laughs> I go over to the de- the you know the desk and I I talk with the um, attendant and I said you can see my boarding pass you know you see it I'm here this is me she said I know we're overbooked and sometimes this happens if someone doesn't show up we'll get you on the plane otherwise I don't know we'll have to move you and I am oh yes yeah. oh, plus yeah. I was in the middle of this difficult conversation I was having with a friend and he I'm like shouting with my earpods in. So anyway, I finally, they let me on the plane because some guy doesn't show up. So it looks like I'm the person who just showed up five minutes before the flight is supposed to take off. And I'm nonchalantly showing up like, hey, sorry, guys, I had to wait. That was not me. And so I'm coming in like, sorry, sorry, sorry. My purse has this long, like oh, gosh. long, long, long. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she got caught. Of course. Got caught three rows up, pulls me back. <laughs> And I'm, I'm just a mess getting on the plane. I'm trying to wrap up this conversation. I'm pissed off. I'm just in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Sit down next to 4. a 4.5-year-old <laughs> and his dad. Anyway, and it was, mo- it was he was the mirror I needed because Corey would ask me a question like, why are you going to Nebraska? And I said, I'm going home to, to, to surprise my kids. It's their birthdays. And I would start, he's like, when are their birthdays? And I would start to explain. And he would, he would interrupt me. He would say, excuse me. Do you know what's beautiful? And I mean, I'd just be mid-sentence and he'd say, excuse me, excuse me. Do you know what's beautiful? Do you know where I live in California? The sunsets are beautiful. And I'm like, I, I do know that. And one of my, and I showed him, you know, one of my pictures on my phone, which is my background, which is from Southern California. And, you know, then he'd ask me another question and I'd start to answer and he'd say, excuse me, do you know what's beautiful? And... When you fly into the mountains, and when you fly into Denver and you see the mountains, I mean, you just kept reminding me of all these things. And you got to meet him later. Yeah. But yeah. he was exactly what I needed because he took me immediately out of this zone of pissiness that I'm sure I was showing with my mm-hmm. face. Sure. And every time he would say, excuse me, do you know what's beautiful? I could physically feel my whole body soften. And so... Not only do I need mirrors who harshly remind me sometimes, you know, like, whoa, pause. <laughs> I also need a mirror like Corey, mm-hmm. who's 4.5, and will say, Excuse not me. do you know, but in my mind it was, do you remember? Do you remember what's beautiful? Mm-hmm. Do you know what's beautiful? So it's a blog post that's coming, mm-hmm. but I, I get to give that. Corey credit. I love that. But we did miss the questions on how are you a badass. However, I wanted to go back to Brene's questions, which Mm -hmm. are her her rapid fire questions that she does not give people ahead of time. So when you are, not if, when you are interviewed by Brene Brown, cannot wait for that episode. (laughs) When you are interviewed by Brene Brown, (laughs) 
Professor Tess Starman. She's going to ask you rapid-fire questions, and she probably won't send them to you in advance. Well, don't so, worry. I did not look in the chat. I do remember some of them that we did, but I didn't look in the chat, so I am, will be fairly unbiased. So for fun today, as a tribute to a hard episode that we let go mm-hmm. and some hard things that we're processing, yep, we're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's been a while since we've just had straight-up fun here, so mm-hmm. I hope people laugh with us. <laughs> It's all fun, but a lot harder fun than usual. So I'm going to first give the rapid fire questions to you, Tess. um, And I would like you to answer as much as you can from your gut. Do not Mm -hmm. feel like you need to answer quickly. Yes. Um, You should turn your video off. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't. I'll be covering my face. Are you ready? I am ready. Fill in the blank. Vulnerability is? Terrifying. You are called to be very brave. Your fear is very real. You can feel it in your throat. What's the very first thing that you do? A deep breath. What's something people often get wrong about you? That I'm a good driver. <laughs> That's not accurate. <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. driving with you. I know, but I like to drive fast. You know back. where you're going. I like That's to drive sure. fast, and I usually make it a game, which usually means it's not not the best driving. <laughs> but people think because I'm responsible that I probably am a good driver. But usually I drive better when there's a somebody, there's accountability in the car. <laughs> we should do a whole, we should do a whole episode on your driving habits How related to your Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you know I've missed, I've completely missed exits. Because I'm talking. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Okay. Also, and you can find your way out of any city yep. because you just have, like, internal direction. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Last TV show you binged and loved? Scandal. People keep telling me about that show. I need to watch it. Oh, All-time so favorite movie? Schindler's List. <laughs> A concert you'll never forget? The Oh Hellos at the Slowdown. Oh, that... I don't think you've mentioned that before. I thought that was my concert last time. That's like uh-uh. my top five concerts. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. Favorite meal? Pizza. Can you go into more detail on your pizza? Uh, it's non-discriminatory. I like all pizza. <laughs> Veggie pizza, meat pizza, Hawaiian pizza, barbecue chicken pizza, pesto pizza, anything pizza. I mean, it has to have a gluten-free crust, obviously, but... That's what I was looking for. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's on your nightstand? As in, what are you reading? I read um, C.S. Spurgeon's Morning and Night, devotional reflections every morning and night. Beautiful. A snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. Oh, so um, very ordinary. The Orkin guy came today. I live in a, um, I live in a really like old uh, apartment building that has been like flipped. And so it like looks very new on the inside, but it's a very old building. So they send the orchid guy every month to spray because it's an old building. Well, it's this young dude that comes in today, you know, knocks on my door, speaking of interruptions at your apartment. And he says, um, and he walks in and I've never seen this one before. I usually know my orchid guy because he comes every month and I've been doing nothing but living in my apartment for the last like 13 months of life. Um, and so he comes in and, um, you know, it's a new guy and he goes, you know, hey, ma'am, how's it going? Um, have you seen any bugs lately? And I said, no. He said, well, besides me? And I said, oh, (laughs) that's a good one. Do you use that joke often? He's like, yeah, every day. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so anyway, I had a good laugh with the working guy today. <laughs> we are returning to not normal, but we are returning to bad jokes and social awkwardness. Yep, I think yep. it's fantastic. Yep. One thing you're grateful for right now. Mm, these conversations, you. And then we chatted about this last time, but we are putting together. So Brene asked for five songs, five songs that you, um, that you love five songs you can't live without. And she creates like a mixtape. So I will suggest that we, I will get my five to you. You already got your five to me. I'll get them to you and then we'll put them on the, um, on the Instagram, on the TikTok, on the gram, on the Instagram. I love on the gram. We'll put those on the gram and then encourage people to consider their own. And I really want people to consider their own answers to these mm-hmm. questions too. Yep. Okay. I'm going to hide the chat so I can't see the okay. questions. Yes. 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 Alrighty. Alrighty, Allie. Ooh, hoo, hoo. yay. I'm glad it's your time. Okay. I'm ready. Alrighty. Fill in the blank. Vulnerability is? Necessary. You are called to be very brave. Your fear is very real. You can feel it in your throat. What's the very first thing you do? Hands over heart. What's something that people often get wrong about you? I think right now a lot of people think I'm living my best life and I'm actually living my hardest. Hmm. Want to dig into that any further? This is a solo exploration that I've never done before, and it's much harder than I thought it would be. Hmm. I'm learning a lot about myself, about others, and about how lucky I am to have the circle that I have around me. That's good. That's good. Hmm. What's the last TV show you binged and loved? Muppets. I, I haven't watched the new Muppets yet. I mean, the Muppets on Disney Plus, but I'm like looking forward to caring for the 4.5 year olds that are in my life because they have <laughs> Disney Plus and I can watch the Muppets with them. Um, Golden Girls, of course. And yeah. I still, I watched an episode this weekend that I have seen probably 10 times at least. And I caught something different this time. Hmm. I just, I love, love that show. Them. Love that. Um, all-time favorite movie? Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. A concert you'll never forget? Tom Petty, 2007, 8, 2008 probably. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it was the Quest Center. Now the Century Link, or whatever it's called. And CHI he, now. <laughs> he... <laughs> He had, he had more outfit changes, I swear, than Cher, but he did a rendition of Gloria, which I found a couple on um, on YouTube, not the one that was in Omaha, but um, Gloria is a song by them, like T-H-E-M, and he does this spoken word piece, and he, he puts his hand, I mean, he had this yellow long leather jacket on, and he put his hands in the air, and he said, baby, I'm in a rock and roll band, and I, I, I thought, I seriously thought I was going to pass out. I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this. I waited outside. Oh gosh. I waited outside the Hilton because their tour bus was parked there because I, I just thought like they'll look and they'll say, do you want to come along? <laughs> I did not. They happen. didn't. Okay. I, nope, didn't happen. But I'm the sorry. motorcyclists asked. That's right. When are you going to leave? When are you going to leave? Um, What is your favorite meal? 
it's so terrible. I made this on my birthday for myself, but growing up, and it's, I was surprised how much it appealed to me. And maybe it's because, you know, COVID, I don't know. And my palate has changed. <laughs> They're called porcupine meatballs. And they are made with ground beef, chopped onion, minute rice, and tomato soup. And very little seasoning. And growing up, it was my favorite. My mom would make it for my birthday with baked potato and le jour peas, which were the silver peas that were more expensive in the can. And I made that for myself this year for my birthday, and it's still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Uh, what's on your nightstand? What are you currently reading? I am currently reading Cleo Wade's Heart Talk. Mm. Ooh, good. I love her. Good. Uh, a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. Each and every time I see the mountains. Mm-hmm. One thing you're grateful for right now. Our dialogue and the openness and the realness that we can create. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Agreed. Alrighty, and then you'll some your five mixtape songs. Yeah, I already I've got them. I know. I'm However, sure it's hard to choose. So hard. So hard. I had, I think that was my seventh or eighth edit rendition of that list that I sent to you. I, I kind of like that she limits to us to five because, as you know, my funeral is going to be a three-day musical. Yeah, well And we're. so, <laughs> you know, I, like, what am I, how do I dial it down to five? Mm-hmm. And only five. So that's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a challenge for me, but I'm going to do it from my gut and not overthink mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's probably And then I can idea. change my mind if I want to later because mm-hmm. that's what we can do. Yeah, can change right? So that was the thing. Like, a couple of mine were like, for sure these are on my list, right? And then a couple of them were like, oh, what encompasses my, like, this genre that I listen to all the time? Like, what, what are the songs that, like, I almost, it was, and this is my context, what made me first fall in love with this kind of music um, was actually how I approached it. Like, what are the songs that pulled me in? And that's kind of where I ended up, where I ended up with. So. so I've been creating playlists for um, the Music Notes newsletter that I do each week. And that, in Canva, and that so newsletter, uh, each week I do a kind of a different, so I had a Grammys playlist. I had a playlist that's a tribute to my kids called the um, Maraca Incident, um, the Flying Maraca <laughs> Incident, because we have these family stories. Mm. And then, um, you know, I've tried to create different playlists. I have an Alley Run playlist. But mm-hmm. one of my songs will definitely probably probably be the story by Brandy Carla, mm-hmm. and I watched her perform at the Ryman Sunday. I bought tickets for it. It was a live event, but they had some people at the Ryman, and the way that you got in, um, it was of course this like massive lottery, but you had to you know va- be vaccinated, mm-hmm. and she was so emotional performing because it's been over a year since they've yeah. been on the road and their band is a family. It's twin brothers and Brandy. And then their drummers, this cool dude who wears a, like a ripped up, uh, muscle shirt that says, um, security on the back Super. I mean, just a big, huge dude, but they, she was so emotional. And I, I cried mm. through most of that because her lyrics are so they're just so good. Um, mm-hmm. Party of One is one of my favorite songs by her. I love, but I love this story. And so mm-hmm. I think that'll probably make my top five list. Yeah, I know, right? So that's the thing you know, and Jen and Millie listeners know that I'm a huge Beatles fan. And I was like, I have, how do I pick 
a Beatles song, right? And so it was like what made me first fall in love with the Beatles, Let It Be, which I feel like is so, my individualization is like, oh, that's so cliche because like, I'll Follow the Sun is incredible. Golden Slumbers is probably my favorite song of theirs. Um, but they're, but I'm like, that's that would make me... So in the end, it's five songs I can't live without. Or it's a more apt title for my list is the five songs that made me fall in love with music. Um, is probably that. a more more apt title for my, my list. I think that might make it to the music notes. Five songs that made me fall in love with music. Hmm. Anyway, it was a very good practice. And actually, so the the questions, the deeper questions that we did not answer here today that we talked and alluded to, um, I actually asked a friend those afterwards. Um, I actually was like, Alex, my friend who's a clinical mental health counselor, have dinner with me. Let me buy you dinner because I need to process what happened here today. And here are the questions. And so I'm going to make you answer them. And so it was pretty good. It was pretty good. good. It's a fun good. practice. So, okay. I love that. Okay. So we're going to do those questions which um, we'll write out for people um, to be able to respond to and rapid fire themselves and rapid fire for other people in their lives who aren't reading the questions. But then we're also going to do a couple other like just strength spotting activities and just touch and touch and base about things. So maybe Allie, tell me about a way that you've used a strength as a superpower this week. I definitely am utilizing my empathy in a more thoughtful way to think about, like I said, I've been doing a lot of reflection on um, how I show up to others and how I communicate to others and how I give my gifts to others mm -hmm. and how that might be perceived. So definitely a lot more um, intentional use of empathy, not in the sense and in, in, in energy, because it's a big full moon. It was a super moon and it was the Pisces moon, which is all about, you know, what do you release? And what do you hold on to? And it's all about relationships and healing. So yeah. trying to be really conscientious about energy, sure. um, both like masculine and feminine energy, mm -hmm. universal energy, all those things that say energy to me. How about you? Awesome. Um, so I am getting very much down to the wire for my thesis. Um, I based on the timeline need to have my thesis done and to my committee a week from today and I defend the week after so absolutely insane and I have a lot left to get done so that will be my Easter weekend planned plans um, but I feel like in the context of when I am able to really get um, into a really great groove when it comes to writing and and sketching out what's left of my thesis and just even writing it um, I feel like I definitely lean on my intellection strategic blend um, so intellection is number eight for me strategic number three and so those blended together look a lot like how do we have really deep and um, intellectual conversation robust conversation around these topics and then my strategic weaves together my argument through it all I mean if we're up to I think 45 pages is my last count of where I'm at and I haven't done I have more pages to write to kind of wrap us up and throughout all of that content my argumentation line needs to be clear um, and everything that I write needs to be centered on that and so I picture it like I've used this analogy for a lot but like a 
a needle and a thread, right? Like the, the needle goes through all of the different pieces of fabric and to, to weave something together. And so that's what how I picture my line of argumentation through my thesis, which is very complex when there is so much content to cover. Um, it seems a, very disparate sometimes of all of these different kind of topics and sections within my chapters. Um, but in the end, I think my strategic allows me to very naturally weave together my argument. And, and that's what I like. A lot of people have to be really intentional to stay on topic and on argumentation line. And I think my strategic allows me to naturally do that, which is helpful. So I don't pay as much attention to it as I should, but I think it's because I have the natural propensity to do that as I write, knowing that here's where I'm starting and here's where I, my desired ending. So it allows me to do that naturally. Beautiful. Okay, Allie. Is that a wrap? Is that a wrap? No, that's not a wrap. Um, there were, I think, two more questions um, okay. that we were thinking about doing. So what is a strength you feel like you have not utilized lately that you want to aim and be more intentional about its application for the coming week? So I'm going to dig deep to my self-assurance, which is not and not in my top five, it is in my lesser talents. However, I use... For sure use my strategic and my input to garner it. I am still feeling paralyzed on choices in how I spend my time and how I choose to decorate my space. Mm -hmm. And so to have that inner confidence, it's not going to come natural to me, but I can use my input and my strategic to gather the information. I need to be solid about my decision making. Yeah, it's good. It's good. For you. Oh, I was so enraptured by your response. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, oh, let's see. I think I might choose pull on my achiever a little bit. It's 13 for me. Um, I don't really talk about it because I don't claim it as dominant. Um, 11 is relator, 12 is self-assurance, 13 is achiever. It's my first executing theme on my list, number 13. You have to drop all the way down to, you have to drop down to 12 to get to the first influencing theme um, for me. So not a lot of influencing or executing, right? But a lot of thinking and a lot of relationship building up there. Um, but yeah, I think um, I have a lot to get done. Um, in a very short amount of time, wrapping up my thesis, a lot of stuff for teammates that's on my plate right now, um, a lot of stuff for preparing for what's next. And so um, there's a lot of stuff on my plate, which can be overwhelming and feel really hard. And um, but yeah, I feel like there is I do get a little bit of a rush of confidence and assurance when I do complete something. So I think just leaning on my achiever a little more to see even the small check marks, right? I don't create physical lists. I'm not that much of an achiever, but they're in my head, all of the things I need to get done. Right. And so just even being able to like almost push something small out of my brain space, like I need to celebrate and recognize that as a win. Like, yes, one more thing accomplished. Yes. One more thing done. And I don't normally do that because that's not necessarily how I function in my dominance, but it's up there. And so I think I need to be more intentional about number one, leaning on that, leaning on the ability to be a high capacity person and get a lot of things done effectively and efficiently, but also then pause and celebrate when those happen to, you know, the very archetypal achiever that's like, yes, 
crossing something off or checking something off the list. And there's a little bit of that in the back of my mind, but I think I could pull on that to make that more of an effort because I know I'm going to need to use my achiever a whole lot in currently and then in what's coming up specifically. So yeah, I would say intentional application of that. I'll challenge you to to use your achiever to also plan celebrations mm. and celebrate those those checks, celebrate yeah. those successes. I think that's hard with achiever wherever it lands mm-hmm. for you because we move on to the next thing. Yeah. But right now in the space that you're in, I will really encourage mm-hmm. you to pause and celebrate. And I think I'm very grateful because I, I think I'm starting a little bit of a return to normal more than most people because most almost everyone in my life has been vaccinated because my circle of people are teachers and health practitioners. And so I'm the, I'm one of the last people to get vaccinated in my close circle of friends um, just because of who I'm around. And so I actually had my first vaccine, so I'll be getting my second one in a couple of weeks the day before I, I'm supposed to defend my thesis. So let's hope my side effects are not that bad. It's like, that was horrible how that worked out, but I guess getting it all done right in a short amount of space. But, um, yeah. And so I think, um, the reticence to celebrate number one has been in part of like, I have a lot of stuff to get done. So I just need to move on to the next thing, which is probably the primary motivator, but also like being worried about people's comfort level and not wanting to pressure people into that too. And I know you can celebrate virtually, but so much of my strengths are in-person strengths, um, like loving to be connecting with people and laughing with people and playing games with people. And that's not always quite the same virtually. I think where I want to stretch you a little bit is the celebration is you. I know, but I, so I define celebrating as with people. I know you do, but I want you also to think about what are the ways that you can truly celebrate you? Um, not necessarily, because the term we, we often talk about, you know, like what's your most proud of moment or what have you done Mm -hmm. recently that you're proud of? It sounds like bragging, but like, how will you celebrate these successes for you? Is it, is it a, a picture that you share? Is it, uh, clip that you keep for yourself of you defending your dissertation? Like what's like a treasure, like a real treasure that you can say, wow, I worked my ass off for this. Mm. And I want this one little piece of celebration that feels like the memory of it. I think we get so wrapped up Mm. in what's next and what we have to get done next that we lose sight of the moment of like, wow, I'm going to stand at the top of this mountain for just one more Mm -hmm. second. Just one more second. And I'm going, or I'm going to take a, a picture here, or I'm going to, you know, hold this mm-hmm. rock in this space that feels like accomplishment, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Yes. I encourage you to celebrate with others. Hello. Woo. But I will also, <laughs> you know, that's been kind of yeah. something I've done with a lot of my coaching clients recently is, you know, what is a tangible celebration of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's okay. something you can hold on to because then you move on to the next thing and you forget about mm-hmm. the swampy work. I mean, besting. Yeah. that you did to get there. Yeah. Okay. So I do already have a response. At first I thought this is going to sound weird, but I am so excited to get my diploma framed. Um, I have my undergrad diploma framed um, and I 
very in a very braggy sense have maintained a 4.0 through my entire master's um and will graduate with honors and which is yeah crazy given the fact that I had a full-time job and I've had part-time jobs in addition to my full-time job and full-time school this whole time right um you know um working for the church and things like that and so um and so, yes, I like that's huge. And so getting my diploma framed um, physically. But I'm also like part of my thesis is on the meritocracy, which is about <laughs> the hyperinflation of a diploma. <laughs> so I just laugh because of the irony of like getting my diploma framed for defending my thesis about how we frame diplomas. Um, <laughs> it's <perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Like it's so ironic. But um, but yeah, actually, so one of the things that I was going back and forth on whether or not that I was going to do is walk. Um, I was like, my school is in Texas. Like, I know they're going to have a commencement, but like, I don't know, like that's the expense of a trip and I'm trying to like save and like be really conscientious of finances right now. Like, I don't know if my, my parents will want to come. So I asked them about it and they were like, yes, we've never been to your school. We've never, like, we want to celebrate you. And so, and they're actually, they found a, um, thanks COVID, a $59 round trip flight from Minneapolis to Dallas. And so I will meet them and pick them up at the airport like two days before commencement and they're staying, they're not flying out till two days after. So I'm going to get like five days of time with me and my parents, which I'm like, I'm super excited about. Um, and I'm really glad that they wanted to celebrate. It's making me you know, work even harder to like meet that deadline because I like need to defend my thesis by a certain point to be able to walk. And so I'm like defending on like the very last eligible day that you can defend on. Um, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so I, um, I'm very grateful for that. So that will be a physical, tangible reminder. It will be with people, my parents, but it will also be going to that place, like caps and robes, like the whole shebang of a graduation. So there, there, I feel comfortable. I'll be vaccinated and both my parents will be at that point but um I also they're also segmenting it which I love too so it's like just the graduate school it's like a Friday night graduation and so it'll be much smaller like it'll be outside like it'll be um I think a really cool more of an intimate space than like what you think of as like a college commencement you know but there's a reason for that as we know as sociologists Mm -hmm. ceremony Mm -hmm. and ritual ritual matter and Mm -hmm. we have that even in our body to be physically there and present mm-hmm. and experience And walk it. across the stage, flip your tassel. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So celebrate that. Mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. for you. That's cool. So speaking of things that are coming up, um, our last question for the day was, what's something you're looking forward to? Let's do a little bit of future casting. It is beautiful weather here in um, the Denver area, so I will be getting as much hike time as I possibly can get in this weekend. And then I was really honored. I'm just always honored that my friends include me in their family stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm going Sunday up to Boulder to um, have Easter brunch with some friends and and their kiddos. Mm -hmm. And I just love how I am treated like family in in a new container. I love that. I'm going to miss my kiddos really bad. Yeah. And my family. Um, we have lots of celebrations happening in my family right now, and I'm, I feel like I'm missing out. But I, mm-hmm. I do feel, again, just grateful to be part included in someone else's family, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. How yeah. about you? 
Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, thesis being done, graduation, like all of that is going to be great. Um, I am kind of working on what comes next for me. And so I am excited to, um, I think, to kind of share and to talk more about that, I think, on the next episode. Um, Because despite saying this was going to be a short episode, we're already at 43 minutes. (laughs) I wonder. Oh, the two well. of us. We do very well. Um, but yeah, so I think the next episode will be a little bit more about that we can dig into. And so I am excited to share with our listeners a little bit of what's been brewing in my life. Um, and, and yeah, so it's always excited to feature cast. It is. It is. It is. Okay. Gosh, we had so many good things to talk about today. Um, so I would say for follow-up, we're going to send those uh, rapid-fire Brene Brown questions to you all. We'd love to hear your responses, but also I'd encourage you because they're I th- more so meant to be in the context of conversation and more in a rapid-fire to also take them and ask them of somebody else. Um, ask them of somebody in your quarantine, somebody you've been with a lot, and maybe see is that different? Are there new things you learned about somebody as a result of asking these questions? Um, Um, I don't know. I know that you love Brandi Carlisle, but the story is all that I really know of her. And so I was like, I assume that you probably would not pick the story as your, one of your songs. And so, um, it is, it totally is an anthem. I knew your all time favorite movie. I knew the concert you wouldn't forget. Um, I knew your TV shows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, so it's pretty, it was pretty cool to learn a little bit more about you, Allie, as a result of it. So along with that, be thinking, as we always like to do to strength spot, what strength have you really utilized as a superpower lately? And which of your strengths do you feel like you have not leaned into and, and that you want to choose to intentionally aim in the coming weeks? And finally, tell us about something you're looking forward to. Infuse some future casting and hope into where you're at right now by naming something that you're looking forward to. So those are action items. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode 82 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions we posed in this episode, give us a follow on Instagram at Jenna Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Darman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program at large. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.